So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome to Tea with Gaia. Journey with Gaia as she speaks with mystics, researchers, artists, healers, teachers, gurus, and anyone who has a success story to share with her. Stay tuned for Tea with Gaia. Welcome to another week of The Art of Manifesting with Gaia. Today, we have an interesting and accomplished guest from South Africa. She is known as the Horse Whisperer of South Africa, Yolanda Singh. Yolanda is a professional coach who inspires people to connect with the authentic leader within. Her message is a catalyst for people to take charge of their lives, find their purpose, and draw upon their gifts and talents to become their authentic self. Yolanda has gained global human resource management experience in 15 countries, including the USA, China, Singapore, Hong Kong, Australia, India, New Zealand, and the Middle East. Yolanda holds a BA Personal Management Honours MBA, BA Honours Psychology, and is a qualified executive coach and equine-assisted learning facilitator. Yolanda has recently returned to South Africa and founded Chloe Consultants, a company which specializes in C for coaching, H for human resource consulting, L for leadership development, O for organizational development, and E for Equine Assisted Learning. Her unique contributions to Africa are to develop authentic leadership through the gift of horses, to build capacity by reinvesting her knowledge and experience in Africa. Welcome, Yolanda. Thank you, Gaia. Welcome to the show. Um, I must also add here that Yolanda has been uh, a friend, a colleague, and a client of mine. So it is a true pleasure to invite you to this show. Thanks again, Gaia. Very privileged to be here today. Thank you, Yolanda. What is very special is the experience that you have gained using the tools and creating the life of your dreams. So for the benefit of the callers, would you please share your own unique experience in manifesting perfect and vibrant health? Thank you. And um, I I don't normally talk about this, so today is also, I suppose, a healing experience for me. Um, 
On the 17th of January, four years ago, while I was still living in Singapore, and that is where I, I worked with Gaia, I was diagnosed uh, with a brown tumor. Um, at the time that I was diagnosed, there was already so much water in my brain that the doctors was concerned that I'm going to go into a coma. So within two days from being diagnosed, I then um, had a shunt put in my brain just to release all the pressure. And because my, my tumor was in the middle of my brain in my pineal gland, which is a spiritual third eye, um, they couldn't operate um, at all. We then went through a session of radiation therapy and then also went to chemotherapy um, to sort of deal with what nobody really could, could, could feel or could see. We could just see on a photo what was going on. And um, at that time, when I was diagnosed, uh, I, I, I knew Gaia, and, and it was also at the time where the secret was just published. So there was a lot in, in um, there was a lot happening in terms of um, uh, positive thinking. Um, but I think when you when you deal with something as um, as big as a brain tumor, and as life threatening as a, as a brain tumor, I, I quickly realized that it's going to need much more than positive thinking to to get me out of it. So for me, the whole brain tumor experience was, was a very spiritual experience. And even today, when I go to my brain surgeons for my yearly checkup, I always tell them it's the best thing that could have ever happened to me. It was honestly the best thing that could have happened to me. Because before, before I had the brain tumor, I was always very spiritually inclined. I did all the meditations. I've read all the books in the market. But somehow, um, because I was so connected and so attached to the corporate world. My ego played an amazing role in my life. Everything was, was about ego. And, and when you, and within, when I got so sick, I, I quickly realized it's not a game I'm going to win with my ego. So it forced me into a very deep spiritual place. It forced me into a place of really, really surrender. Mm-hmm. And it forced me into a place of really understanding that there is a power in me that is much greater than, than what I always knew it was. Before my brain tumor, I always know uh, when I talk about God, the divine source, I don't refer in any religious context, uh, but I always knew that God was here and there. But my tumor taught me that 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 divine source is absolutely real, absolute real thing. Before that, I couldn't talk with so much authenticity about um, the aliveness of that force than, than what I can talk today because I've experienced it. Uh, through my illness, absolute step by step, day by day. Mm. The things that I've done when when I when I when I was um, diagnosed was obviously I always lived very healthy. So I was very angry that I got sick mm. because I thought cancer is for people who drink and smoke, mm. not for people who get up five o'clock in the morning, who meditate, who is vegetarian, who exercise regularly. I did all those things. So I couldn't understand why I got sick. Mm. And the people who I judged as living wrong mm. didn't get sick. Mm. So I, I had to tap in again. So, so when, when I was sick, I sort of knew that it wasn't due to a physical reason that I got sick, but uh, the divine was giving me a message and a message that I, I sort of need to step up. And one Dreyer says uh, in many of these books that you mustn't die with a song in your heart. And I think my biggest fear when I got so sick was that I knew I'm going to 
down with a song in my heart because I, I wasn't true to, to my sole purpose. I always knew I had to work with horses, but I was so scared to sort of take the brave step and um, do very authentic and very cutting edge and very different work. It was just so comfortable for me to be stuck in a corporate job that didn't serve me anymore. Mm. Uh, so then just to, to get back to the thing that I've done is um, obviously I, I tapped into a healthy living even more more. I I had to release my anger. I was angry with God. I was angry with my husband. I was angry with my work. I was angry for everybody that that I felt comfortable to blame for the fact that I got sick. Now I had to do a lot of journaling, a lot of writing, a lot of reflecting in terms of what was really going on here. What was the message? I also, through the help of Gaia, had did a little bit of a um, of a funeral, and I sort of had to bury this thing in my head and and uh, and ask it why did it come in my life and, and what was the spiritual lesson to be learned. So that for me was was extremely extremely powerful. I did a lot of meditation, a uh, lot of meditation. I did a lot of reading on on healing. I actually got to the point that I told the brain surgeons and all the people that worked with me that I don't want any thoughts of illness to be projected on me. And I tell them, I want you to look at me as if I'm already cured. They obviously thought I was completely crazy because I just had such a different attitude. But it's so important for me at the time that I didn't want any, any negative energy or any projections of ill health to be projected on me. Um, I remember very well, every time I had to go for a brain scan, I used to hide those scans. I, I just went in there and I lied in a video. I'm also a Reiki person. I'm Reiki, uh, qualified to do Reiki. I will do a Reiki pose on myself and I will just affirm all the time when the, the, they were taking the photos of my brain, I thank the universe for my complete health. So I had very, very strong faith in, in just putting energy out there and intention that I want to live and that I want to be well and that I want to serve humanity. Um, so a lot of prayer, a lot of meditation, a lot of reading, a lot of going through the secret, watching the DVD day by day, day by day, a lot of writing, a lot of breath work, lots, lots of breath work to get everything out of me. A lot of... Um, a lot of, uh, I think I'm, I'm busy writing a book, obviously I'll publish it next year or the year thereafter. But my book was also birthed through through the whole process of going through the illness. Because when you lead a life that are so amazingly busy, and suddenly all that busyness gets taken away from you, as, as the way that I used to live, as you know, I used to travel a lot, I was never at home. And suddenly you've got these empty days ahead of you. You are forced to tap into your being and not in the doing. And I was always very comfortable doing, but I felt very uncomfortable to move into the being space. But it's in the being space, I think that we really connect with our soul. And I sort of had to move into that space of beingness, of having nothing to do, of having no title to hang on, and, and eventually also having no hair on my head, and, and not having to rely on, on beauty to get me where I want to go, but to be able to walk into a room with no hair on my head and to know that I'm beautiful, because that's where I need to be. In fact, um, Dr. Deepak Chopra says that um, if uh, someone's diagnosed with cancer, the best thing you could do for them first is to just put them in a room to get in touch with their authentic self. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely, Guy. And, and I think for me, when, when I talk about my illness, I think the most profound thing was losing the hair mm. because 
When I still had my hair, I could hide behind. Nobody knew I was sick because I didn't know somebody's got a brain tumor. You can't really, don't know that it's there. But the minute I lost my, and I actually went and I went to cut off my hair myself, actually. And it was a very brave step for me, and I refused to wear a wig. I never wore a wig. The only time I wore it was when I had to go back to work. And the reason I did it was not to protect me, but I felt uncomfortable with the people around me because they were seeing their own death in me. Mm-hmm. I have already dealt with my ego death. Mm-hmm. I have dealt with the fact that I'm very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with the fact that I'm not going to live forever. Mm-hmm. And I've dealt with all those issues, but people around me haven't dealt with it yet. So the uncomfortable was more around them being uncomfortable than me. I felt very proud walking in there with no head on my hair mm-hmm. because I knew that if you had to overcome a disease of that magnitude, you need to look it in the eye. You can't hide behind it. Mm-hmm. And I had to have the courage to look that in the eye. And if that meant I had to lose my hair, then that's what I had to do. And I also know that you have a spiritual partnership. Um, did your partner also join you with the hair? And um, Yes. Yes, I've got a very special partner, and he was actually there. If you lose your hair, I lose my hair. You see, I was cut off first, and then I cut off my hair, and uh, the little bit that was left. Um, and we sort of walked with no hair, and uh, that was just the way it was. Mm, but it, it was quite a profound day for me to walk out of a shopping center in Singapore with no hair on. Mm. And I, I just, I obviously had the week and the preparation and all the stuff, and I just left my week behind that day because I knew today is the day that I need to honor the fact, I need to honor this disease because it's here to teach me a lesson. Yes, and like Louise Hay says, look at yourself in the mirror and affirm, I love myself exactly as I am. And you know, guy, my, my best friend came down from South Africa to help me through this. And she, you know, with the chemotherapy when I was so immensely sick, mm-hmm. um, and there were days that I just, especially the day that I went for the treatment, she didn't allow me to walk into that chemo ward without my lips being red. Mm. So regardless of how I felt, I had to put on a dress, mm. put on my perfume, move my, put my lips red, and I had to look pretty because I couldn't, I just couldn't let go of myself, even in that state, even in that state. Mm. And your essence is beautiful too. And why not show it from inside and outside? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, Yolanda, could you share with us now when you did have your chemo days, your chemo days might have been really painful. What tools helped you during those hard times? Oh, Gaia, they were, the, the chemo days were very, very intense. And and I think what made it worse was the extreme heat in, in Singapore. That uh, I, I remember there were days that I was that I didn't even been, I wasn't able to brush my teeth. And I remember my husband would send an email to everybody and say she had a good day today. She could manage to brush her teeth. Mm-hmm. And I remember the one day when I was so extremely extremely sick, and I just in that moment of, of being so sick. I I really learned the word surrender Mm. because before that, I've read all the books about surrender and how do you surrender. Mm. But that day, sorry, I get quite emotional about it, but that day I really learned Mm. what does it mean to be surrendered and just to say, I can't deal with it anymore. Mm. God, you take it. Mm. You take it. I don't want it anymore. Mm. And the next morning I woke up and I felt much better. Because I think sometimes in life um, we give things to God, divine source, and ask Him to to take it, but we still hang on to it. 
Yes, and, and Wayne Dyer says it beautifully. He says ego is edging God out. And when you get out of the way, that's when God really carries you or source energy has a chance to actually help you. Absolutely. And for me, that was the biggest, biggest lesson that I learned because when when we then came after this whole thing and I was fine and we decided to move back to South Africa, I realized the day when I actually got off the plane, I didn't have a job. Mm. My husband didn't have a job. Mm. We had nowhere to go. Mm. We just had, we just purchased a house and that was it. Mm. And funny enough, in that moment, I had no fear because I sort of had to deal with my ego. And then I think I have the, the, the most profound message I can share with the, listen, with the listeners are that when you really get your ego out of the way, my life is testimony about it and I'm writing a book about it, God is always, God divine source has always just blown my mind away. Mm. Blown my mind away with the things that came to me. Mm. But at that moment which you just described, you made that shift and when you surrendered, you were no longer in your ego body, but you were in your authentic, higher-powered self, isn't it? So from then on, yeah. it was you were a different person. Absolutely. And even now in my life, when I've sort of been like three, four years, um, a lot of the work that I'm doing these days is the teachings of Abraham mm. and being in the vortex. Mm. And being in the vortex for me is nothing but just realizing who we are and who we are meant to be. Mm. And because we have over-attachment to things and because our ears start controlling ourselves, we sort of move away from who we are and what we need to do. And, and, and I thought when you met me, I was sort of in that space. Mm. Mm. I was in that space. Mm. And, and the vortex is the only place you can be in order to manifest, isn't it? And, you know, for me, what is so interesting that's really happening to me, I can't stand anymore to be out of the vortex. Mm. Anything that pulls me out of my vortex feels so completely wrong for me that I just cannot go there anymore. Mm -hmm. I I I cannot go there. Yes, I can understand that because I love being in the vortex. It's amazing, isn't it? You you feel yeah. and and there's love around you and everything works out and you don't have to you don't have to struggle or try. Trying the trying stops and that's why I always say you don't get into understanding, you get into the knowing phase. Absolutely. Mm. It's like I got through my story, I got into knowing that there is a God and knowing that there is a divine source and knowing that we are all meant to lead beautiful lives on this earth. But because of our ego, I, we edge God out, as one Dreyer say, and then we get ourselves on a point where disease come in and, and we're just not in a happy space. Mm. Beautifully put. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Now, Yolanda, can you share with us the transformation since gaining your health and where are you at with your transformation? Well, Gaia, I am. Um, it's been a huge transformation and I think spirit grows all the time and, and I'm sort of also at the stage of new growth for me now and I sort of don't know what's the next step. But I, I've changed my life from very jet uh, a corporate executive lifestyle to to a place in Africa, um, a small town where there is absolutely nothing going on. So I've got a very isolated existence. Mm. I live in the middle of the forest with all my animals and, and all my horses. I travel to the cities to do my work, my equine therapy work, mm. um, which in South Africa is a relatively new concept. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's very cutting it work in terms of using horses to to help people heal. Um, and and I'm at a point now where my business has been going now for three years. It is going from strength to strength. Um, and and I just I just know the amazing healing power that these wonderful animals like like horses have. And I think I think that there is a, a, a point in human evolution where we're all going to move more back towards nature to get our answers. And I actually just stand for that. Mm. The leadership development challenges and the coaching challenges, is, we just need to go back to simplicity. We need to go back to, to, to nature. And I think one of the amazing things the horses teach me is that the horses live only in the now. They don't live in the past. They don't live in the future. They live in the now. And I think for me, manifesting also happens when you sort of get in the now and you forget about the little action plans because I always used to manifest and that was the days that never used to work where I sort of were wanting to tell God how I want it to happen. Mm. Getting in. God of our source. How do I want it to happen? It must be like this, this project management, this, this, this spreadsheet, so like this. And it doesn't work like that. So now when I, when I, sorry, I'm talking a little bit here and there. Is that all right? No, that's beautiful. That's, it's beautiful. Carry on. It's, it's lovely. So now, now when I go into, into manifesting, I, I, I've also learned that we need to be very clear what we ask. Mm. Because if we're not clear what we ask, the universe is also confused about it. So I'm very clear with my intent. Very clear what I ask. I make sure when I ask, I'm not in a place of neediness. I don't come to the divine with my shoppingness. I come from a place of I'm in the vortex. I am absolutely perfect, and I am here to live the best life ever. That's a fantastic statement, and I think it's really, really powerful for all our listeners today on the call as well. It's not to come from a place of neediness, and a neediness is actually putting out to the universe that 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 slight doubt is there that maybe I can't have it. Yes. Whereas what you're saying is that when you get into I know I can have it. Yes. And here's my order. And I always say, Yolanda, when you're ordering to the universe, be specific. Don't say, please send me a pizza. You wouldn't ring Pizza Hut and say, send me a pizza. You'll say, send yeah. me a super supreme pizza or a vegetarian pizza or a or a, a meat lover's pizza, and you will specify the toppings. And I think that's how specific our orders should be. And then we can see that showing up in our lives, isn't it? I am so completely with you. So completely with you. So specific, specific requests what you want unshakable faith that it will show up. And that is a difficult part because it doesn't always happen immediately, mm. right? And then we sort of get, oh, is it working, isn't it working, is it working? But sometimes we must just hang on a little bit because there's always a reason that that, that it is nothing happened by chance. Mm. Nothing happened by chance. And if, if it is, if it didn't happen exactly like you were putting on your little shopping list, it's because that situation reflects back to you a part of yourself that needs to heal. Beautiful. Tell me, how did you deal with time when you were going through all of this? Wow. For me, time is an interesting thing for me because I said to you, I love being busy. I, uh, my ego loves being busy. And, and that awareness that you can spend your whole lifetime, Gaia, being busy but doing the wrong things. Mm. 
and what, what my question was, I should probably cl clarify that. I meant time in between what you've asked for and the duration. It's uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Did you get impatient or, you know, did you, did this, you lose your way? Mm -hmm. I did get impatient. My ego get in the way. I saw some things. God doesn't work fast enough for me. Mm -hmm. All that stuff. All the stuff I say. But I just, I've learned in the, and it's and still a daily practice I have every morning. Mm -hmm. Every morning when I wake up, mm -hmm. first thing I do is I write down five things I'm grateful for today. Five things. Because gratitude is an amazing, an amazing force to manifest the life that we want. So if we get impatient, at the time in Singapore, I, I was not so into the teachings of Abraham and the whole vortex things was a little bit unknown to me, so I didn't really know the vortex concept. But these days what I do is I go when I'm patient, I go into my gratitude journal, I go into my vortex, and a vortex for me is simple to go there. I just think about the things that make me happy, and I just need to lift my eyes and look at my horses and I'm happy. And then I also have learned the, the power of tapping. Beautiful. And then I just tap the anxieties away from me. Mm. And and I am just such a firm believer in tapping. I sort of bought the DVD. As I said, I live very isolated here in Africa. So I'm not surrounded by all the beautiful books and all the connections like I used to have. But in a strange way, Gaia, I'm still connected. Mm. Like the vortex came in my life and tapping came in my life and mm -hmm. I was just sitting there. Yeah, I always say when you're ready, the tools will come to you. You don't have Absolutely. to go looking for them. And we tap, and in fact, we've done a show on tapping. And uh, they say the family that taps together stays together. So we tap as a family too. Wonderful, mm -hmm. wonderful. Mm -hmm. Tell me, in with your work with the beautiful horses and healing, do you also work with children? Uh, you know, it is. I've never worked with children. Now, this is now the one consequence. This morning, I got a phone call from somebody in this little town wanted to send her, her daughter, who is 12 years old, has got problems with depression mm -hmm. this morning. Mm -hmm. And I sort of said, bring her. I don't know what I'm going to do, but, but bring her. But it, it's so interesting that um, you asked the question, and this morning the request came to me. And that synchronistic events happening, isn't it? That's yes, absolutely. To us. Yes. Now tell me about, can you share anything about the evolution of your partnership? That is, uh, you know, when I was sort of doing my corporate jet setting, I was sort of never at home. I used to get on a plane on Monday and come back Friday, spend the weekend at home, and then I'll go again. And for the first time in my life with my husband, we've been together for many, many years, I have never spent so much time at home. I have never spent so much time with him. And I can honestly say, Guy, we have never been in a happier place. And the reason why we are in such a happier place is because our minds are connected. He also does his tapping, maybe in the shower when nobody sees, but that's fine. Um, he is completely with my understanding of manifesting. If I talk anything that's scarcity conscious, he will say to me, but that's not how you manifest. Uh, also with his business, mm -hmm. I help him again if, he, if I see a scarcity talk or lack I'll just hold up the mirror and help him as well. So we really, uh, we move to a place where we really mirror to each other, also our own healing. Amazing. I do remember that when you were going through uh, the chemo, we didn't allow the the health word. We used to call it your perfect health, wasn't it? We yes. didn't say. Yes. So, so yes. yes, I believe in the power of words. Um, have you read Florence Kovalshin's work? No. 
She's a powerful author on on the power of uh, the words. Word is your wand, and that is the mm-hmm. book that I always recommend. It's it's amazing the power of affirmations and what they can do. And in my personal life, and even in the lives of my kids, I've used that because um, we tend to be very careless with our words. But the anxiety gets the better of us, or like um, mm. S. and Jerry Hicks have said, the emotional guidance scale. Sometimes in a day we feel ourselves sliding all the way down, and then these tools suddenly help us bring us back up again. And yeah. I always say the soul is listening to what you're saying, and so is the subconscious mind. So it's it's a you know be aware of what you're leaking out. So it's amazing yeah. that in your partnership, you know, both of you are, you know, being aware of when each other is slipping so that you can, you know, pull each other up. And you know, Gaia, my, just yesterday, I don't know whether this is relevant, but just yesterday I was mentioning to my partner that living in Africa, the mm-hmm. so collective consciousness is very scarcity oriented. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to sense and see these things and it, it pulls me out of my vortex. Mm. Mm. So you would say that div- divinity and um, the higher self has placed you in the right place at the right time. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. So the sh- they yeah. are probably ready for the shift. Yes. Yes. Mm. T- tell me, Yolanda, when you work with the horses, do you resonate with energy? Do you do you work with their energy? All the time. All the time. And the stories that I can tell you how how horses relate to people and how an accurate mirror they are of, of people's issues. And you obviously also need a very skilled facilitator that can tap into the moment Absolutely. and sort of mirror back and what's going on there because you can also cause a lot of harm. So my intention is always never to cause harm. I always come from the place of never to cause harm. Um, and and the horses has got in my eye at people getting very emotional, I have people telling me it's been a life-transforming experience. Um, yeah, so, so horses are, are amazing, amazing animals. They've, they've got no ego. They've got no intentions to hurt. They absolutely live in the present moment. They always look out for the greater good of all in a, in a herd dynamic. Mm-hmm. They don't let the egos get involved. And if their egos do get involved, it's for a very short while. It's not forever. Mm-hmm. And they've just got an amazing ability to, to reflect back um, what your body language is saying. And they have a long history with mankind, don't they? For, for a long time. And I remember in Singapore, I had a very, very special polar pony, Erika. And I used to pretend to the whole world that I am so together when I was so sick. And I used to go to the stables and she would look at me, one look with those brown eyes of her. Mm-hmm. And she was saying to me, girl, you can't fool me. And before I knew it, I was just crying. Mm-hmm. So that horse also in me um, blocked out a lot of emotions. I wasn't even prepared to admit to myself at the time. Mm-hmm. And she yet taught you all and that. She, she, she taught me to be authentic with my tears. Beautiful, beautiful. Yolanda, is there a story that you could share with us, with any of your clients, and an amazing shift they had? I had, I presented a program here in the small little town where I lived and I had this gentleman that came here and he didn't want to be here and when we sort of checked in, um, he said to me very frankly that he really doesn't have time for two days to listen to me. Mm. Um, I then did my first exercise which was just go go into the paddock and, and catch and halter a horse. And one of my horses, his name is, is Robbie. 
Um, he then tried, he thought, oh, that's no easy. What is that? Walk up to us, put the halter on and bring him here. And he couldn't catch the horse. And I have a huge paddock and he was running up and down, up and down, up and down with his horse. And everybody already had their horses. And yeah, I had this gentleman going up and down, up and down, up and down. And I thought, what am I going to do? And I thought, let me just do nothing. Let me just practice silence. And after about five minutes, he came to me with his hands open and he said to me, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> and all, all I say to him is, I just want you to reflect what is it in you that's making the horse feel so unsafe in your environment? Mm, powerful. What is it in you that makes him feel so uncomfortable? And he looked at me and I said to him, all you need to do is start focusing on your breathing for me. It's all that I want you to do. Just start tapping in and connect with your breath. And within two or three minutes, the horse came to him and he halted the horse. So that afternoon when he checked out, he actually apologized to me. And he apologized to the group and he said he don't know what happened, but something happened between him and that horse today. And I reflect on that story very often, Gaia, because the reason I reflect on it is who else would have taught him this lesson? Yes, and, and the horse was his mirror, wasn't it? The horse was absolutely his mirror, and he had to realize that his attitude has pushed people away so far from him, and he had to have the horse that just hit him, I'm not coming close to you because I frankly don't like you. Mm. I don't feel safe in your environment. And, and, and that was his healing. Yes, and he was probably getting these messages in his life and in all his relationships, but... You know, when it comes from somebody else, we would, you know, fight and scream and or probably pass the blame on to others. Whereas yes. with the horse, it was a very different experience. Absolutely. And, you know, I find my interaction, I always use this example with people. If people die, we always feel very sad for them. But I, in my life, can tell you, I have never felt such purest feelings of sadness than what I felt when animals pass on. Because our relationship with him is pure. Yes. It's pure love. It's pure sadness. It's pure. And and, and with people, our relationships are not always pure. Mm. Because of our ego, I think. Yes, yes. It's always, um, it's not unconditional. Rarely Absolutely. is it unconditional. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for all that beautiful, amazing stories. Yolanda, could you tell us a bit about the work that you're doing and your plans for this year to Levin? Thank you, Gaia. I think um, I've started, as I said, my business has been growing for two years. Um, I've started last year to, to present my, my equine program in the UK. Uh, I have learned that I can do this work all over the world because horses are universal. I was very scared to go to the UK because I didn't know the horses and the setup, and it just worked beautifully. So I do have plans to branch out and go to Singapore. I want to tap into India um, as well this year. And then the, my other business is also to, to develop my, my, my online coaching business and also to help people through my experience to manifest the life that they, uh, that's their birthright. Beautiful. Very, very powerful work. Yolanda, when will you be birthing your book? When is that getting My published? book, I've started, uh, I, um, I, I started drilling a lot when I was sick, as I said, and I sort of been like putting it on the back burner. And since November, three people have said to me, you must write a book. So I've signed on for an online course to how to write life stories, and I'm going to start with that next week. 
and hopefully uh, my plan is to to write my book this year and hopefully next year to get it published oh we we can't wait for that to be out because i think your your amazing story will help somebody else shift their own personal struggle with manifesting health and everything they want in their lives. I often find, and I'm sure you do too as a coach, that when we're in the corporate world, we get carried away, don't we? Absolutely. And the ego body and one ego body against another ego body. Mm. Uh, we, we really aren't in touch with our authentic self. It is a bit sad in a way that we need to sometimes have uh, an experience that completely forces us to you know come to a screeching halt and yeah. address and face our real selves. Yes, absolutely. Yes, so we, we really can't wait for your story. So thank you for thank you for writing that and sharing that with us. Thank you. Um, just before we finish off, Yolanda, what would you love to share with the world as an insight, an inspiration? What would you love to share with our listeners as well? Well, I think, Gaia, for me, is that absolute knowing that there's a force here for each of us, because the God of our source has got no favorites, uh, for each of us that guide us. Each of us was sent on this earth with a unique life purpose. Each of us was sent here with unique life lessons that we need to learn. Our job is to to be true to our soul destiny. And we all need to search constantly to get to the point. And if people say, I don't know what my soul destiny is, and for me it's simple, that's what makes you happy. Mm, True. So true. So true. Thank you. Once again, thank you for your beautiful story and thank you for taking the time to share your life and your journey with us. And I wish you all the very best. Um, And to my lovely listeners, you're listening to The Art of Manifesting with Gaia and our fantastic guest today was Yolanda Singh all the way from South Africa. Thank you. Thank you so much, Guy, and for me it was a privilege. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'll be back with another great show. Till then, another light from Gaia. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.